Hello, family, and welcome back to the Explore the Extraordinary podcast. My name is Betty, and I'm joined by Bree today, and I'm super excited, really eager to have a conversation. Uh, I met Bree at the 2023 IONS Conference in Washington, D.C., and I think that our paths had crossed before that as well, if I'm not mistaken. But amazing, high energy, super yeah, feels like very soul connected. And I'm really grateful for your willingness to come on and serve the community at IONS. So Brie is an award-winning author and a death and spiritual doula, and she had a near-death experience. And so we're going to get into a conscious conversation. I'm going to toss it over to you to start us off. Thank you so much, Betty, for having me. I am so appreciative for the whole IONS organization and was super excited to hear you starting this podcast for them. So I am so honored to be a guest on your podcast. And uh, I can get straight into it. Um, I'll share just a little bit about my experience to kind of give you a background. I have spoken about my near-death experience in detail in both my book and other podcasts. If that's really want, if you want to hear about it, there's plenty of resources for you to uh, hear about it. So a quick highlight is I had a rare incurable disorder since the age of 10, and I also experienced a lot of paranormal and metaphysical activity growing up, and it would all kind of come to a major head in 2017 when we were trying some spirit release therapy to see if that would help cure my rare, weird, chronic disorder. My mom had done some research that sometimes spirit attachments can cause kind of these crazy illnesses. So about 16 years into this illness, why why not try it? We tried everything else. So we started that process and I ended up becoming even more sick and um, very physically ill. And on the night of April 17th at two in the morning, I realized I could no longer do it anymore. I can no longer fight these entities that had been attacking me. I can no longer do my illness. I can no longer handle life. So I called out to a God. I wasn't sure which God or what God was, but I called out and I said, I can't do this anymore. This is in your hands. Like I'm done. I can't. And I surrendered with every part of my, my being. That is my body, my mind, my heart, my soul the whole thing. And in doing so, I felt immediate relief from everything, from the spiritual torment to the physical torment. And just this weight of peace and tranquility came over me. And at that moment, I heard a voice exclaim, are you ready? Well, something answered my prayer. Why would I say no? So I said yes. And that's when I felt three hard pounds on my chest and my heart stopped for eight minutes. And in this eight minutes, I was completely departed from my body and the earth. I knew nothing of this 3D realm or this person named Brie. And I met the creator who had answered my prayer and asked the question, am I dead? And three monks floated by with a shit-eating grin as if to say, if you only knew. Well, it took me five and a half years to realize that well, there's no such thing as death. So of course they were laughing at me. There's only a transition of energy. And there's a lot more that happened in this wonderful, beautiful experience. The next important part is the amazing tunnel I went through. It was 
bright blue filled with ones and zeros. And I was being downloaded with some hefty information. Didn't know what it was at the time, but I knew it would come in handy later. And it did earlier this year when the information came to me and I realized it was the information I needed to heal myself of the chronic disorder that I had for 22 years. So those are the two big parts of my experience in itself. And so then we get to the after effects and what it's done to me and for me since. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thanks so much for sharing. You know, I had a similar experience in my own spiritual awakening with the binary. So I love hearing that. And I'm wondering, are you more apt to the simulation theory because that was part of your experience with the ones and zeros? hundred percent. Absolutely. All right, cool. So we're living in a video game and right now our characters are in communion with each other. And I love that so much. Uh, Whenever I get like near or I'm in a, you know, like I'm in a, whether it's a Zoom room or in an actual physical room with members of my soul family, I literally see us like at these computer stations, like our light bodies are kind of in this It sort of looks like the game room in the Hunger Games, and we're constructing this whole universe, and it's so cool. So I really love that. Thanks for sharing that part so that I could identify it from my own experience with you. Um, So yeah, let's talk about the after effects a little bit. How long ago was your experience? Uh, 2017, so we're coming up on seven years. Wow, okay. And how long did it take for you to, quote unquote, come out of the spiritual closet? Were you talking about it right away or did it take time? So um, I tried both approaches. Um, First, I told my mom what had happened because it was, she was with me with the spirit release and this, you know, the whole chronic illness journey. And then I had this amazing experience. So I just did a chatterbox and she, she had done a lot of research on so many things, um, including metaphysical things, near-death experiences. My great-grandmother had three, but I didn't know much about them other than she said, we're not meant to know everything and watch your words. That was my whole knowledge into near-death experiences or kundalini awakenings or STEs or OBEs or the list goes on. But my mom had done research, so she knew. She knew what had happened. And she was so amazing at trying to get me help to assimilate in faster, you know, speak with other NDEers, get involved with IONS. Um, and I was just like, okay, I'll try because this was crazy and tried to understand what happened. So I went to a IONS event in 2018 and I heard these amazing stories of people who saw their past relatives or had these white, beautiful castles and marble and healing and um, past life reviews or life reviews. And I didn't have any of that. So I was still, I didn't hear anything like mine. So then I kind of went back into the, into, I don't know, like, denial. I did go on Jeff Mara's podcast within the first year or year and a half. And I was really nervous. I still hadn't really understood what happened, but I thought maybe talking about it would help. And, uh, but then I was terrified because I didn't want my coworkers to know or my friends to know. And Jeff Mara was still pretty, um, 
new and unpopular at the time. So I thought it was safe. And it wasn't until 2020 and I was listening to Eben Alexander's story. And what happened in his story was so similar to mine. Not only was his experience similar, but he was an atheistic neurosurgeon. And, you know, he was basically brain dead and he was totally changed. And that hit me to my core. That was the moment I knew what had happened to me was real. And let me tell you, that moment, that that came at me like a, a thousand ghosts of my past and just came through me and through me and through me. And I cried and I screamed. Um, but I still wouldn't do anything about it (laughs) until 2021 after I had brain surgery for my illness and I stepped away from corporate America and I was distraught because I'd worked my whole life on building my career and I had made it to the top of the ladder. And I'm like, why did I walk away? I was devastated. So I meditated, did some self-hypnosis and got back into the space I kind of was in my near-death experience. And I was like, what do I do now? Like, I know the answers are here. I just need to find them. And went down a bunch of roads, a bunch of them dead-ended. And there was darkness, not bad, just like, this isn't your path. Finally go down this beautiful lit path And it shows mountains. And I was like, okay, I know where that is, but what do I do? And I was shown a river and uh, books were thrown in the river as stepping stones. And people had asked me to write books before. And I realized, okay, so I guess I got to write some books. (laughs) So I wrote my first book and um, then I wrote my second And now I'm on my third. And in the whole time of writing these books, I found this thing called a death doula and dove into that and um, really started talking openly about my experience. Spoke for the first time at IONS in 2023, where we met. And I've, yeah, I've only been out of the closet for real for a year. Wow. Well, you're really going full steam. You came out of the closet, like in a ball gown, like ready, ready for the whole thing. I love that. And um, yeah, so, well, it brings up a couple of more things that maybe we could talk about a little bit. So I find that in the near death community, like when you look at all these podcasts and you see all these people talking about their near death experiences, it really tends to be a lot of older people. And um, I don't know if that's something to do with the fact that it takes them that long to come into their courage and talk about it, or maybe they're just older now and they've been talking about it for decades and I just haven't been aware of it. But what does it feel like to be a young person and and sharing this kind of information with the world? Yeah, so I I definitely can, I know where you're coming from because my first I am thing, it was my sister and I went and we were oddballs. We were by far one of the youngest. There was a couple people our age and it was hard um, to just be young and confused. Uh, You know, these older people were very confident in their stories and it's probably because they've had them for a long time and were able to think on it and test the waters. But 
coming out as a NDEer, as a young person, and seeing the growth of young people with the courage to share is phenomenal. Like your story, I keep going back to your passion, your energy, how how new it is. Like, I love listening to your story, even though I've heard it probably a few dozen times now. It's just amazing. So being part of this young crowd of experiencers is really, really exciting. It, it was scary at first, but like you said, I came out of the closet in a ball gown. I was in there for, I feel long enough. I, I got dressed. I got ready. I prepared my speech. And it's really exciting to have a safe space for other young people, especially because it's so confusing. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that it can be confusing and it can feel very isolating. And we have this great tool of the internet now that we can connect with people all over the world. And, you know, I I do feel, I mean, I have a deep knowing, but I'll just say for this sake, like I have this belief, because uh, some people might not have the knowing that we are in the midst of some great transformation of consciousness. It was part of my spiritual experience. I know it's part of many people's spiritual experiences. And I do see a lot of young people that are already so conscious. I mean, there's children out there that are creating content that are completely 100% awoken. And it's wild to listen to them. So what what what's your conceptualization of what's going on in our collective right now with like all of these awakenings happening? Yeah, so I think it's a combination. One is we do have the internet and we're connected and we have access to research and stories and sharing. Um, we've also had a culture shift. So as a death jewel, I've gone and researched that uh, beliefs of death and dying and the afterlife in cultures and timelines and history. Um, we are back on the timeline of, we usually go through romanticism phases as well as scared to death of death phases. And we are back on the uptick of the romanticizing. And um, then, so that's one section, two sections. There's another whole theory um, about the splitting of timelines where there is actually a conscious awareness awakening that is setting off on one trajectory. And those who are not awakening are setting off on a whole different trajectory and supposedly at one time um, in the future, future, uh, 3D future, that we can both be existing on these two different timelines on the same plane and not even really interact with each other, which is a fascinating theory because in my near-death experience, I experienced different beings experiencing different realities in the same place that I was experiencing a different reality, if that makes any sense. Wow, that's very layered. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, let me say it back in my head again. Okay, I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I and I love that uh, the theory doesn't have to be rigid, right? Like there's all of these different components to it. And they, these are stories that we tell ourselves, you know, like the whole world is just a system of thoughts and stories. And so I think that, I love what you're saying, that there might be a trajectory for one uh, group of people who aren't where another group of people are. And I'm sure that like it all swirls and intertwines at some point in this, you know, like they're at some exit point in the whole play of Earth and like this human, this human school that we're in or this play that we're in uh, or this video game that we're in. 
whichever one resonates. So maybe let's talk a little bit more about what is a death doula and how did you find your way into this and and how do you utilize this as uh, yeah your spiritual entrepreneurship? Yeah. So after my NDE and also dealing with a chronic illness that I was positive would kill me when I was young, which technically it did. I just survived the dying part. (laughs) Um, I was super drawn to working in hospice. I was so excited for where people are going that I wanted to half selfishly be in their presence while they went there and selflessly that I knew I could hold this authentic space for them and not bring this fear or, you know, a, a lot of people in hospice are also older. You know, the people who work in it are usually older nurses and older RNs. So I thought a young a young person who was not scared of death would be very helpful for people in transition. So I started volunteering in hospice for two years. And then I got a job offer and moved to Atlanta and COVID hit and the world shut down and I couldn't volunteer anymore. So then when I left corporate America and wrote a couple books and found this thing called a death doula, I realized I could not only help people in active transition, but all the different challenges and topics that surround end of life transitions. And, you know, a lot of people call it dying, but I just call it a transition because we know that's what it is. Uh, So that's really, I took a course um, and got certified as a death doula. There's no actual regulations that you need to be, but it gave me a lot of wonderful um, education on how to help people on more than just the active dying phase. And then that progressed into also being a spiritual doula because I realized after learning the keys of my own healing and I learned how to unlock the divine powers of healing in our own bodies or the cheat codes for this video game, I now can help other people unlock their own divine powers of healing. I don't believe anyone has to stay sick in this lifetime and it took me 22 years to figure it out. And now I really am passionate about healthy, helping people birth into their authentic selves, which is where the spiritual doula comes into play. Wow. That is amazing. Amazing. And you talk about it so eloquently. I love how all of your words were put together because they feel like some sort of code. Maybe can you talk a little bit about what the healing process is like for other people? I think there's a lot of people that listen to podcasts, especially around spiritual awakening, near-death experiences that are in need of healing. And so what does that process look like? Is it different for everybody? Is it the same? Yeah. So of course it is different for everybody because we are all living our different human experiences and that entails a bunch of different avenues, you know, the mechanism of why you're sick is going to be very different for everybody. But it does have a lot of similarities on the tail end of healing. Um, So some people, I've kind of fought with this idea of the soul contract of being sick with a certain illness, and you breaking it. And you can break a soul contract just like you can break a mortgage you pay it off early or you pay it off when uh, terms come due. And the soul contract kind of works in the same way is if you work harder at it, 
you get it paid off early. Or, you know, eventually when the contract is due, then, you know, then you're either free of the contract or you're, you know, possibly free of the whole human experience, depending on your contract. Um, but the way to break that contract and actually heal in this in this 3D world, it takes a lot of a lot of effort. So there's a lot of shadow work in the beginning, and that is just really helping you disconnect from your past human identity so that you can create your new future human identity, your, your new future, healthy, free human identity. And this human experience is hard. I mean, it's, I don't know too many people who have just been like, oh yeah, I've had a really easy life. You know, it's, it's hard for a reason. The way you heal is by accepting and loving everything that got you to where you are. And then being able to turn that into loving your future into life. Alchemy, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's great. You know what? I actually talked to a lot of... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Turn he- uh, pain into healing, the alchemy. <laughs> yes, yes. I love it. I actually talked to a lot of people who... You know, like if they hear my story, they're like, oh my God, that's like so much stuff. I've had such an easy life. It makes me feel guilty. And I think that that's also a challenge in the human experience is that people think that if they had, Dolores Cannon calls it a resting life. Number one, we don't know why you're having an easy life. You might have just come off of a crazy, turbulent existence, or you might be gearing up for one in, you know, in another life. And so, like, if you got a resting, life, enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Enjoy the human experience as much as you can. I love the idea of transmuting, you know, pain into purpose and really going for that, that healing process. And I don't think that it's, you know, it's not individual to only certain people. We all have access to it. If Brie and I can heal from decades of illness, then anybody can. And I loved what you said about the soul contracts, like coming to an end. You just totally opened something up for me in my own life that I've never looked at it that way. I think I have some different language around it, but that's a really great way to put it too. And um, and I just, I love talking about this stuff. I love like really getting into the idea of this. Here's a question that I have for you. I'm wondering, like you said, your grandmother had had these experiences, your mom like tried to usher you to support immediately. Uh, You went with your sister to an IONS group years ago. And so I'm wondering, obviously we know that your family is super supportive of you when it comes to this. What about friendships? How do you find um, either friendships that you've had from a long time ago or developing new friendships? What's that like with the fact that this is what you do for a living and in your life? Yeah, so that is definitely still a hard spot for me. Um, I, You know, probably accumulation of the poor friendships I've had in the past and also just being very choosy about my friends moving forward. Um, my friends that I actually consider friends are very much in this awakened state. Um, they're very much in uh, creator mode. So one of my good friends I'm meeting after this this call, actually, she is totally there. She healed herself from a crazy accident that they told her she was paralyzed from the neck down and not even to move her eyeballs. And then I saw her dancing on stage three weeks later. 
So she is definitely one of my soul friends. You know, like I was meant to meet her. We were meant to be friends. We we're meant to journey together. And it's incredible. So I'm very choosy. It's really hard to find the people in this space. Although IONS is such a great tool. Um, I've met some incredible people through the IONS community. And I'm that's why I'm so passionate about IONS and promoting IONS and getting the word out because this IONS has really helped me as well as just the internet in general. You can really find who speaks your language. You know, if people are all negative and complaining and griping and, you know, in victimhood, you know that they're they're maybe not your people or not yet. You know, everyone could get there. Uh, so that's kind of how I make friends in this space. It's very difficult, though. Yeah, thank you for talking about that. I think that uh, at a certain point, well, number one, we got to change the narrative around it, right? Like, oh, friends come to me easily. I have like all these little affirmations all over my house that are like, send me the women that are supposed to be in my life. Um, because, you know, like I crave those really connected spiritual friendships in my life. Uh, number one, because it's amazing to talk about things that aren't the weather or yes. clothes or whatever, and actually have a real conversation and contemplate and theorize and support each other on whatever our journey is going to be. So all of those things are super important to me. And sometimes that they're not in physical, like in my physical reality. I do have a community here in New York where I live, but also, you know, obviously I'm a big proponent for IONS as well. I love this organization. It really introduced me to so many members of my soul family. And and I know that we're placed all over the world for specific reasons. I don't have to like get super resentful at the universe for not allowing us to be in the same place at the same time. Uh, so yeah, I really, I love that a lot. And I, I thank you for talking about like the challenges with it because yeah, it's not, you can't just like go into, you know, a bar or whatever and be like, Hey guys, guess what? Light love. And maybe you shouldn't be drinking <laughs> whatever else. You know, yeah, um, definitely. So, or, I, I, or even just the fact that you know we know that we're creators and we can create. How do you have that conversation with somebody who's absolutely you know petrified of you know just what's going on in the world? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, and I think that it's really important for us to hold that space as well to hold mm -hmm. that kind of healed vision uh, that people can rise out of the fear and they can recognize the video game for what it is. It's a video game, you know, yeah. and uh, no, no real harm can come to us. I, yeah, I, I'm loving this conversation so much. I want to know about um, some more of like the gifts that or the after effects that have come up for you. Is there anything that you feel like maybe you want to talk about? Um, yeah. So right after my experience, I had a lot of gifts and it was overwhelming. Um, I became a instant medical intuitive. I could tell you exactly what was wrong with you, where it, where it was wrong with you. If we drove past a car accident, I could tell you where was where they were hurt. Um, like seatbelt injuries, whiplash. It was it was intense, and I also could hear people's thoughts. So I don't know what you call that, but <laughs> it was a thing, and it also freaked me out. And um, I also could feel plants, and you know, kind of hear their energy, if that makes any sense. So I was so overwhelmed. I was super freaked out, and honestly, I couldn't handle it. I 
shut down and I tried very hard to get back into that NDE space. I don't think a lot of people talk about this part either, but you know, I came out of the closet screaming. So here I am. Um, I actually tried to take my own human life to get back into this wonderful soul energy life. And thankfully I was unsuccessful, but, um, I did, I did try to go back within that first year. I was overwhelmed with the new gifts. I was overwhelmed with the hatred and denseness of this world. And I was confused to what happened and I did not know what all it was about. So thankfully my purpose was finally, you know, came into play years down the road, but it it took me a while. It was really hard that first year. Um, it got a little easier the next few years. Then I realized what had happened, but I didn't know how to do anything about it. And then I did. And now I'm here. Wow. Um, um, yeah. Um, but for now, I'm working on reopening that medical intuitiveness. Um, a lot of it got shut down because I was just overwhelmed and petrified. So I'm working on opening the medical intuitiveness again. And I still get instances where I can hear people's thoughts which is freaking awesome. That's fun. Wow. Oh my goodness. Ugh, I identify. I identify. Um, yeah, that's incredible. You know, same thing for me. My gifts all came all at once and I had never been exposed to any of this information before. And so it was terrifying. And yeah, I could feel sort of the wounds of my past because I didn't identify with my past life after my awakening, but my body most certainly did. And there was a lot of energetic wounds that needed to be healed. And it all felt way too overwhelming. And um, yeah, but because I believe that this is a video game, I think that even if you try to do that, like your avatar just kind of blinks out and goes back to the beginning of the level and like has to do it all over again. Uh, yep. In some people's time, like in some, I think that's, yeah, anyway, that's like a really big thought. And so like it fractures off into something else is what I think happens. But yeah, thank you for talking about that because it can be, I mean, you know, some people say, I wish I had an NDE and I don't think they understand that this is crazy, crazy transformative. Do you want to speak to that at all? Yeah, absolutely. So I have definitely seen those comments or been, you know, told like, oh man, I wish I had your your NDE or, you know, I wish I had an NDE to experience these things. And my reply is there are much softer ways to awaken. <laughs> like looking back hindsight, uh, you know, I now have tools that can could have helped me awaken had I been in the right mindset or um, yeah, basically the right mindset. Uh, but looking back, I was a stubborn SOB and the universe needed to hit me over the head, shove me off the cliff into a, a pile of thorns, much like in, you know, the Lion King and then toss me off the planet in order for me to listen. And then even after my NDE, I still wasn't listening to what I should be doing and my life's purpose. So um, I actually had almost two years of no symptoms from my chronic illness. So at first I thought I had been cured by my near death experience. And when I didn't take those lessons and that kind of rebirth and new start into account, I went back to my old self, my old body, my old thoughts, my old mind, my old feelings, my old actions, my old identity. And in my old identity was this illness. So guess what came back? The illness. 
so it wasn't until um, last year that I realized I needed to cut my complete ties with my past identity. You know, we change, we grow, um, but I really needed to let go of all my feelings, my thoughts, and my actions that were related to my past self. And in that, I found healing uh, permanently. Wow. That's fast. That's amazing. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. And I've really loved this conversation so much. I feel like this was hardly a podcast. Like we were just like chatting with each other. I love it. But there's so, so much information in here, you know, and I just look, I love being able just to have that kind of conscious conversation. I think that we all have these amazing pieces of the puzzle. And, I, you know, talking about that slow way to awaken, I bring people on the podcast all the time that talk about the slow and steady spiritual journey, because number one, more people can probably identify with that. And number two, I'm fascinated by it. Like, oh my God, if only that was the way that it happened, you know? So I feel very called to also give people space to share about that because yeah, that can definitely. And I love that you're just talking about, you know, the idea that uh, just because we have these transformative experiences doesn't mean that there's not work to do. Like, yes, it can be transformative all at once, but there's, you know, it's a, it's a lifetime journey of healing that we have to do here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I really enjoyed our time together. I want to see if there's anything else that you'd like to share to feel more complete about it. No, just, I am so thankful that you asked me to be on here. Uh, when you first started the podcast, I you know, wanted to shout, pick me, pick me, but we hadn't really known each other yet. And so I stayed kind of quiet and I was still new into my journey. So once again, divine timing is wonderful. You are lovely. Ions is lovely. Everything is just lovely these days. <laughs> loving that, loving that, hoping that that stays for you. And if a shift happens that you're able to, to counteract <laughs> it quickly with the memory of this. I love that. Um, Brie, thank you so much. All of your links will be in the liner notes of this episode so that people can connect with you and buy your books. And yeah, thank you again. And we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, Betty. Mm-hmm.